Welcome to the Coming Home Well podcast, the show that educates, supports, and advocates for the veteran community. Your host, Dr. Tyler Piron, U.S. Army retired, will bring you exciting conversations with amazing guests about resources, research, and military history, all geared to helping our warriors to come home well. Here's your host, Dr. Tyler Piron. Welcome back to Coming Home Well, and we have a great show for you. We have VeteranRights.org and Ryan Milkerick. He's going to come on and tell us all about the organization. It's called Veteran Rights. Not Veterans Rights as in like the rights and privileges, but rights as in like practices. So they have a pretty darn cool organization. He's calling from the Pacific Northwest. So I'm sure it's it's wet and rainy there. We were just talking about how it all throughout the winter, it gets kind of that super heavy fog that doesn't really get you wet, except if you're outside for a bit of time. So thank you so much for joining us on the show, Ryan. Oh, absolute gratitude to you and what you do and your mission. And, so, uh, you, you know, we just actually got the rain. So, you know, being a veteran, you know, I, I feel good in the suck. So we're in a good place, good place to get started. So according to the, that logic, if it's not raining, it's not training. Yeah, I, I heard that a lot. I never, I never really bought it though. I, I didn't, I didn't put it in my soul. But some people just love being outside in the rain. So Ryan, you were serving in the military. Let's just as a background, what were you doing in the military? Well, you know, like a lot of our people, we're usually running from something or running towards something. And I'd left, I'd say, college early. I went to Marquette University. I went to go study acting. I didn't plan to do a military thing. I thought I was Brad Pitt. I ended up being Brad Smith. It happens. And, you know, I actually was looking at the time right after 9-11. I don't know. The logic at the time was I really want to understand and be action and be part of the solution. So but I'll, I'll, it was an adventure. So I, I signed up with the United States TB's Naval Mobile Construction Battalion 74, had the opportunity to be in the initial push, the invasion up into Iraq, and then went back to Fallujah, to Ramadi, and some combat outposts on the Saudi Arabian border, and had the an added enlistment bonus being stationed at Gulf War, Mississippi for the time that I was there when I wasn't on deployment of losing my house in Hurricane Katrina. So it was a, it was a jam-packed time. And you know, I'm grateful for it, but my time after has really been the real reward. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I was in a lot of the same areas out there in Abu Ghraib and Fallujah during that 2003, 2004 timeframe. So we might have passed each other uh, at some point or another. Aye. That's amazing how even decades later, there's these points in time where people are often brought together. That's the great thing about the military. And so... Let's talk a little bit about your organization and then how you got involved with it, got it started with Veteran, veteran Rights, and that's R-I-T-E-S, as opposed to right or wrong or any of the others, .org. It's a great organization. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're hitting it right off the bat. So it's the ritual, the ceremony, you know, as, as those that stepped across the line, raised their right hand, were indoctrinated, rewired uh, to kind of fulfill missions out into society, that, that was a transformation. And that was a rite of passage into a new way of being, a new community, a new value and belief system. And we all know that the extent of the human condition and the extreme extremities of all that we face in battle and at the home front requires 
I would say, a boot camp back to your humanity. And, and that is the missing link. And so what well, we say, this is a rite of passage to really coming back for the veteran soul. We, we call it like a field hospital for the veteran soul, you know, to really come in and answer the question, who am I? What's my purpose? And where do I belong? The real deep questions that all humans ask. And it requires a ceremony. It requires ritual. It requires community. So we do that. And it's all about just welcoming our people home with love and honor. We really believe that if we started there, if we started at the place that indigenous communities already understood, and if we trace all of our ancestry, understood that the warrior coming back from battle absolutely requires a cleanse, a detox, hearing their story fully heard so they can go back and serve their community again. Because we know that our veterans have deep experience, training, gifts that the world needs. needs. And we really believe there's a quote by Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, and it's related to the fact that if veterans can do this, if veterans can come back in and walk a final path of peace and do all of that internal work to go back, then we as a society can do it as well. So we provide ceremonies out in the wilderness of Pacific Northwest. They're 12 days. They include four days of fasting. You know, we really believe in this equation of coming back to community, being surrounded, but also that really honoring your solitude. And we really honor that you have the answer inside of you. We ask the same question, why are you here? And we really just are midwives and guides to the process of their own rebirthing back into who they really are with barefoot on ground back on American soil. And we exist, we exist to prevent more casualties of war on American soil as a result of suicide. So along with the ceremonies, you know, if you've been initiated, and it is an initiation, the true identity, purpose, and belonging, that that needs to be supported out in community. So on the community side of the house, we really lean into the practice of counsel, of really speaking from the heart, listening from the heart, and convening circles, often veteran-led mostly, where we can just provide a welcoming space and be really real in a place that really honors all of who we are, going back all the way to the childhood stuff, to the service stuff, to the identity stuff, all of our intersectionality, and the wholeness. And that's that's essentially the baseline of what we do. We start with the welcome home, and we're really about the healing of the veteran soul. Well, that makes me a little nervous that we didn't have a coming home well already in hand when you guys got started, because that's what it sounds like. The primary mission is making sure that veterans are able to come home well. You obviously approach it in a different manner than we do with the the rites and the ceremonies and the almost adventure. I'm sure there's some adventure part of that as well. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned fasting for four days. Is that four days in a row or is that four days throughout the 12 day period? It's it's four days in a row. You know, the first and I also just want to honor that anytime we have intention set, you know, a ceremony is just has a clear beginning, a middle and an end. And actually I could go into the history of this particular ceremony and all ceremonies. And so when you set an intention and you're doing what you're doing, that is a ceremony. So thank you for your work, providing the reverence that it takes to bring our people back, you know, and really, uh, you know, after service, we're often just asking that question, you know, who are my people, you know, automatically. I'm severed from that community and that tight bond. And that takes, that is a long journey home. So the first four days, you can imagine to prepare for this thing, it's like a mythological journey, right? So this isn't different than Odysseus and, and all the archetypes out there. 
to really just get acclimated to the land, we really lean into nature, you know, as a teacher, but also just a way to ground. And you can imagine with all that our people bring out, it takes a couple of days. So those first couple of days, we, you know, gather in circle and we really just listen to each other's story. That's just the biggest thing in the world. And, you know, witnessing is what it's all about. So we hold that and we ask who you are, like who you are, your deepest core, your I am. And then you take that out in preparation. We prep you for the land. And we've had all the, you know, I wouldn't say all, but a lot, whatever our people carry, whether they're diabetic, they're amputees, whatever the barrier is, we will create a ceremony and environment that is safe for you, for you to go out and do what you need to do. And so you get blessed out. And in that preparation, you spend four days and nights, four days of nights, deep solitude, being bored, probably being a little angry but really stopping the hamster wheel of life and really stopping the mind. And something magical happens around those three or four days. And there's a lot of physiological, biological effects of fasting, as well as a cleansing mechanism of coming back and from medical and spiritual benefits. And we really need to do this practice of self-generated ceremony, saying that we, you know, you don't need to be blessed by anything. You are naturally blessed. And you yourself can foster a beautiful relationship with the land of where you're at and self-generate incredible stories and rituals of healing, you know, whether that's having conversations with those you've lost, you know, whether that's making amends, forgiving, being forgiven, claiming your power, having a small day, doing self-care, writing that business plan you actually could never take the time to do. So what we found is that during that time, because we don't prescribe anything, we really lean into the power of what's inside, the stories that come back are incredible. And the transformation that is seen after those four days is palpable. And they come back and the changes in the eyes are unmistakable. They've really like died a spiritual death, you know, and come back. And then we hold that story. We hold that rite of initiation back into community. And it's, you know, it's all things veteran, right? It's playful, has a lot of grief, it has a lot of sorrow, a lot of service, and some dark humor. All the things that we are, the wholeness of that, right? And then you are initiated back into community as it should have been. And the breakthroughs that happen out there, because it's not a therapeutic kind of environment, often those breakthroughs lead to veterans either seeking the kind of therapies that they were unable or did not want to access before but also step into their power and their gifts so they could go out and serve again. It's a, it's a beautiful experience. Sounds like a magical experience. So how many people are involved and how does this go? Like say, Hey, I'm going to start, I'm going to go do the, the rights with you, go out mm -hmm. for 12 days, sort of walk me through that process of, of doing the rights yeah. and going on the spiritual journey. Thank you for that, that question. It, it comes in all sorts of different ways. Uh, we'll put out a call for the ceremonies for next year, but pretty soon here. And usually you need a few months preparation. That's really helpful to really close up shop so you can really sever. That's the whole point of, you know, the rite of passage. You look at classical rite of passage, you think about, you know, the, the, the young adolescents being taken out of the village. You have to be taken out. You know, that's the deal into a new experience, into a new environment. So to prep for that, though, physically, psychologically, you know, it starts with a conversation. You know, that's what we're all about. It's holding each other's story and being really real about it. You know, 
this is and, and taking off the masks like it's okay and to normalize it all so it usually starts with a conversation of, of what who are you just like that and then we we foster that over a period of time and in preparation and you, as you close up shop and you do the checklist and all those kind of things we we remove one thing i'm really proud of is that we remove as many barriers as we can. I mean, we've we've found dog sitters, flights, hotels. It's it's about the whole experience of providing the people, you know, getting the people the experience that they all deserve. So we work on all that end just to get people to the land. That's a ceremony in itself, and all those things, the bubbling up, uh, you know, in Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. There's the call, right? We're all answering this very deep call within ourselves. But then there's the refusal. So a few weeks before, I usually get the call that it's like, hey, I'm not going to do this. Okay, are you sure about that? Excellent. And then they come back and they're like, no, I'm going to do this because I'm ready. Because it's usually at the point of people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And they're like, this is it. I'm really going to cross the line and be who I'm truly called to be. I'm going to honor all the, 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 the experience, training, the spirit of service. And then what no longer serves, I'm going to lay down on the land. So you have 12 folks and, and you mentioned getting ready for next year's election process. What is the criteria to participate in veterans' rights? Uh, we had a standard operating procedure for everything, right? Like what lug nut to put on a wrench, you know, how to go to the bathroom, everything from running patrols to all the comms equipment to how to walk, how to talk, how to breathe, how to do ceremony in a beautiful way. So like that's, you know, going back to the rights, it is in our blood. We are creatures of ritual. And we have found that actually when you lose your rituals out of service, when also you don't have those things of knowing who you really are, who your people are, and what your real transcendent purpose is in life now, you know, then we lose people. So selection process is interesting. We, we really believe in the call. We put the call out and we spread it wide. And those that answer and end up in that ceremony are those who are always supposed to be there. So generally a ceremony is six to eight veterans welcomed home by a guide team of civilians and veterans and witnesses as the community welcoming you back for this experience because it takes you can imagine a, a whole community to hold the depth of the stories that our people carry inside of them that's that's my charge that's my prayer that no longer are, are we that where you hear the story of like well i never really talked about a service or or she never you know told her story like now is the time like we we can really and that legacy of not really holding all of our people and shoveling it down inside and, and letting it eat them up. We as a community are responsible and we have the privilege to bear the pain and the joy and the wildness of our people that have gone and, and made the ultimate sacrifice. What is the criteria? Is it veterans? Is it men? Is it women? Is it combat wounded we're, we're really trying to do a very interesting thing you know a lot of think of veterans programs are, are broken up into men women subpopulations and we really believe that if we just get into the circle and get into the heart of our experience and the heart of ourselves the magic happens so it is open to men women non-binary all of our people that served right and survivors of veteran suicide and gold star mothers and on and on, and even providers even our, our service providers that go in on the front lines every day, you know, the case managers, the VSOs, all of them, every day, doctors, whoever it is to come in and cleanse, because you are a part of our community. You are a part of our 
collective body. Yeah. And we've had spouses and partners. You know, we're trying to really heal the wholeness. We're in the wholeness of the community. So, but generally it's mostly those that have served. But if people are called to have this experience and be welcome home back into this community and they feel that they are, then let's chat. There's a reason for that. It needs to be heard. So, Ryan, that's a great answer. I was, I was just making sure because sometimes there are programs that are specific for a certain military era or women or men or uh, any sort of differentiation. So that's why I ask. Now, it sounds like it's open to everybody that is uh, served or assisting the serving or served, which is a, a much brighter, broader basket of folks, which is really important because th there's a lot of trauma there. It's 12 weeks. How do people get out there? Where is it? If someone was listening today and said, you know, this sounds exactly what I need. A, how do they get in touch with you? But B, where do they need to go? What's that all about? Sure. Yeah, we're all about like, this is a contact sport, man. So like it starts with the phone call and the best place is really always to go to the website, you know, veteranrights.org and on the contact page, my email's there, counsel at veteranrights.org and, and probably my phone number. It's really personal. So it isn't, we, we really don't want to be like, you have to put in an application, right? So we have a conversation and we see what works for you and we start from there. So we'll announce the ceremonies and the dates, but generally there will be one in the spring and three or four within the summer and early fall months. And then we also have mirroring workshops. So we actually practice the art of mirroring and holding stories as an imperative skill and empowerment exercise, not just for veterans, but for all of humans. They're really great for relationships too. Doing that and, and really leaning into the practice of counsel as a practice of how we can convene these spaces that can hold the depth and the enormity of these experiences in a beautiful way to make sure that everybody's story is actually really whole and that they're welcomed home to a community where they're loved and honored. You know, I love that entire concept. That's something that we hold very dear, are coming home well. I, I almost say that you guys are almost a sister organization because you have the same ultimate goal to help veterans come home well in a, a loving, supportive environment. And you mentioned a few things that I, I find super important. And we talk about them a lot on this show and some of the other shows here on the Coming Home Network affiliates, but it's finding your tribe and finding your purpose. And, and that sounds like pretty easy, but as anybody who's been an adult that is outside the military, they've moved into a new place. Finding a new tribe can be exceedingly difficult if you don't have that commonality of, you know, someone you go to college with or served in the military or serving in the military, where you have that automatic connections with other people. And that's often a significant stressor, especially for veterans that are having some PTS issues or they've sexual assault or any of these other things that that comorbidities with serving. But then also finding your purpose where you're trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do in life? And that's so much more than, than a job, though it, it, a job can help with that. How does your program help with those two specific things, finding your purpose and finding your tribe? Okay. Good question. So I say that the ceremony, when I was invited out by a beautiful man named Mark Orofsky, deeply held, the ceremony by Larry Hobbs to bring the ceremony to veterans. It's where I 
cross the line from being a human doing to being a human being. Right. So, you know, I'd say for the first 10 or 12 years after, you know, I came back from Iraq, I was still very much on mission, which is good. These things keep you alive. You know, I found purpose in putting all the veteran t-shirts, continually giving of myself in different kinds of ways, trying to be a support. And I didn't realize until I got out to ceremony that actually I just didn't feel worthy of having survived. And that the shadow side of it all, even though I had the great LinkedIn account, I was Mr. Veterans, you know, of the county and doing all these beautiful things that I, there was a deep hole in my soul inside that I was really hadn't faced some of the things that I needed to face in order to feel clean and then also to feel worthy and that I actually belonged here on this earth. And that takes a process. It takes a community. And so it is a, a very intentional sequence of steps to where in those four days, you know, and this is some methodological stuff. There isn't a religious tradition or any other sort of wisdom tradition where you don't spend a time alone in the wilderness. So to really sit with it, and that's where you get to it, the kind of purpose where it's not defined on your rank, it's not defined on the people serving under you, and it's not defined by anyone else but your own internal heart. What matters most to you of your value system and beliefs? We have a lot of people with a lot of plans and how they're going to save the world, and they usually come and they might come back out and be like, you know what? I, my transcendent purpose is to be a, a father that shows up. My transcendent purpose, you know, is to be wild and free. You know, my transcendent purpose now is completely unrelated to my MOS. You know, your transcendent purpose is your calling. And we say that all you're doing is claiming what is already true, you know, it, it, but it takes time to work. You know, that, you know, that, that quote by Joseph Campbell as well, it's just, you know, it says like, you know, the, the dragon is guarding your greatest treasure, right? If you can approach those things as, a real natural thing to do instead of like this fear-based, I have to get through something. And it's part of a, a real mythological human experience journey. It really just decompresses a lot of the stress around these things and being like, hey man, like everything is, this is all normal. You know, a lot of our reactions, you know, after service are, are, are impressions upon our amygdala you know, rupturing our conception of time, our cognition, and all these other kind of things. But that's not abnormal. That's what we are trained to do. But to slow that down, to come out of that hamster wheel, requires laying on our back on the ground and slowing down. You know, I'd say the biggest part of the ceremony, the hardest part for most people is to be bored. Yeah, that's a good observation. Yeah. Like anytime yeah. you see people like even just waiting something for a couple minutes, boom, out come the cell phones. That's, you know, that's exactly right. You know, you know, you're not going to change something, a system with the same amount of con. There's 8,000 some veteran nonprofits, right? There are billions of dollars into the healthcare system. And I, I'm not the kind of person that, you know, we all, all systems are going to be challenged, but we all know that the systems are not going to be changed unless the people that change, that work and create and maintain the systems are healed oh, and yeah. initiated and whole. And so we're just saying, let's just start there. Let's start there. And also include that there's a mystery involved here. You know, I'm not, we're not going to define it. We're not going to prescribe it, but there is a, a greater mystery and transcendence around us. And if that, if that's nature for you, which most people agree upon <laughs> that, 
you know, there is some medicine there and that nature is always like the greatest mirror around. I mean, if I, I, I take nature as a prescription now, you know, that's the big change and that we can act one of the tools you pick up out in ceremony is taking questions to the land, questions in my relationships, questions about jobs, about my children, about myself. And always without a doubt, you can go out there and the trees and, and the ground and the environment and the sky are mirroring and telling you stories back to you. So it's, it's just a beautiful way to live. And also, you know, when you claim your belonging in nature, you know, you're never alone because she's everywhere, even though how much we try to cover her up. So you mentioned that people go out and they, they spend time alone out in the wilderness, but they also go out in groups. So are you like by yourself, by yourself for a period of time, or you're with a small group and that's the isolation? So, yeah, can we reframe that terminology instead sure. of isolation? Because uh, it's yeah. solitude, right? Yeah, yeah. So it does matter. that Those, those words matter. Words right? matter, absolutely. Actually, words matter. And, and it isn't like these are just the little things. So I'd say like the answer is both and and we're alone together. So we come out, you're coming out as a team, like a wild motley crew, very diverse group of veterans from different service areas, culture, identity, experience, right? And you're stepping across the line into this really cool experience. So it's your own personal journey, but you are held in it by community. And for four of those days, you are out there and, you know, you'll find your place where you really want to heal and a place of wisdom and a place of teaching knowing that your people are also out at the same time as well. And there are communication structures uh, to where you're in communication, should there be any uh, safety or anything like that. So you're alone, but you're together. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm just imagining with somebody who's listening going, what the heck are they doing out there? Just like, hey, dump you out in the woods. Okay, see you in four days, and then we'll do some uh, stuff. Obviously, it's uh -huh. not like that. So I, I yeah. want that visual picture of, you know, sort of the, that trepidation that somebody might be feeling. They're like, yeah, this yeah. sounds wonderful. It sounds exactly what I need. I like it. And people are, you know, in a tough spot. They're, like you said, often uh, headed towards that crash or or some incident or some, some bad gotcha. outcome. And I'm like, well, let's see. I can go out in the woods by myself, but that's probably not the healthiest. Going for a hike with yeah. some friends or... There's also other, you know, outside activities. So I just want to get a good visual picture of that. Yeah. You mentioned a lot about yeah. four days of fasting and yeah. what's the purpose? What's the so, goal? Yeah. What's the outcome of that? Well, can I walk you through the process? Sure. Absolutely. You told, me, you told me to take you a walk. What's that look like? You get a call. We have a really an experience where we really get to know each other, you know, and build a trust and a bond and answer any kind of questions that may arise for you. And they're always different. And some are the same. And we begin the journey together. And whether you drive out or we pick you up at the airport and take care of you, then, you know, you're with people, you're with your community, you're with veterans, right? And we bring you out to the land. And the first four days is like camping. You know, you have a little two-person tent. And we gather in circle for the first four days. And we spend a lot of time and we give you a lot of time to take individual walks as well. But it's that ceremonial container of severing from what was before, crossing the threshold into the four days of fasting, and then coming back home to a welcoming that. But the first four days is like camping, and it's fun. You know, you have communal kitchen, all these kind of things, you know, all the things that you'd want in community. It's amazing to see the bonds that are established, like, within hours. 
of people that are completely different, right? Just within our community, we hold that, which is really neat. And then we we, we lean into questions of a teaching around wholeness, around the, uh, the four shields of human nature that really kind of give us a map and a common language about this whole human experience thing and this welcome home thing. You know, I, I really recommend a book by Stephen Foster called The Four Shields of Human Nature. It, it changed my life because it gave me a, an, ap- an actual conceptual framework for the enormity and the intersectionality of my being and that the seasonal development of our lives is, is in accordance with the seasons of nature. So it's really cool teaching. That all grounds us into this new common language of wholeness, right? So we have that. We also have the deep holding of each other's stories and people getting to their I am. So this is the work of the first four days. And, you know, how do I do a tarp? How do I survive out there with just water? How does that affect my body? We go through all of that. We hold all of that. It's all preparation for that big crossing of the line. And over those period of four days, you'll have spent some time out on the land and gone, you know what? I'm feeling that. That is the place, right? And we work with you. And it's it's such a, we have to get to the heart for a second. When you see your brother or sister who you've had this new bond with take this very courageous step to cross the line and go out for four days by themselves, it is incredible just to honor that. So, and within those four days, you're out there with, with minimal shelter. And if people need a tent, you'll have a tent. You know, the big thing about the deal is this is not seer school. It's a place that, where we're that's like, that's an important distinction. Yeah. If you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where this is, it's the opposite. It's like all love, all compassion. And if you, you know, it's a, it's a place where like a lot of our people that have never asked for help or said, you know, I can't talk to this about with anybody. We're like, Hey man, just come in and have a cup of tea. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? And so like, because that is the tone and energy of it, right? It's no, there's no pressure, but like you will have your own internal drive and motivation to really cross the line into to, to who you truly are and to go do this thing. And yeah, if you're the kind of person to sign on the dotted line and to step out into the wilderness, knowing you are going to be changed as a, as a service member, yeah, you, you got a little bit of crazy in you and, and adventurous that, that is also like, you know what, I'm going to go across the line and go into the wilderness within, but on my own orders. And it's, you know, it's an incredible experience. You know, the, the stories of what happens out there with just those invitations around wholeness, self-generated ceremony, you know, whether that's, you know, the Green Beret raising the, his brothers and sisters that, you know, are no longer standing, but raising them from the dead and actually having a eulogy, you know, those kind of moments are, are, are giving form to their traumas or having conversations with those they've lost. Also like being a kid again, right? Like reclaiming that childhood. Because the thing around it is, we don't really believe we can separate the military experience from the human experience going all the way back to childhood. And so I just, for me, the greatest joy is mirroring these stories when people come back because they're so big and so cool. And there's all these synchronicities that just validate from nature and confirm what they have claimed. So that's, those are those four days. And then coming back, sitting in circle again and you're like camping again and it's it's a such a joyful experience because you've all been it's like being through your own a different kind of deployment but a deployment of the heart and it's 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 incredibly empowering and affirming that you know you are seen you are heard you are honored i'm always amazed when veterans 
just from all walks of life, different eras, different, you name it, you get them together. And all of a sudden there's this camaraderie. It could be, you know, Air Force, Navy, Marines, and maybe even Coast Guard. We might include them this time. But you get them uh, all together, uh-huh. and all of a sudden there's this this whole relationship and these these bonds, regardless of job series or ranks or whatever. So I can totally imagine this process. I can picture it as you're telling me. People come together, then they go off on their own, and then come back and, and share some of these amazing stories. So what are some of the stories? What are some of the outcomes of participating in the veteran rights passages? I'll give the headlines, you know, because we really do honor the story. And, and we have some incredible stories on our blog. I really want to, you know, uh, speak to a Mitchell, you know, a brother that flew out from Hawaii who had actually literally died, you know, led sniper teams, you know, a warrior's warrior. But then, you know, because of injury and all the other things, I had to get out and, and really went through the whole living in the cave process, you know, losing it all, being homeless, being addicted by no fault of his own, but then really doing the work. And when he heard about the ceremony, he was on a plane two weeks later, and just came out and did this thing because all the internal work and the healing that he'd done before having that ceremonial container, he, you know, what he said before that, that where he crossed the line from where, you know, his, his. His wife was a caregiver to actually having a whole and present partner that shows up for himself and her and kids. Um, These are the kind of stories, right? I have another sister, Felicia. You know, we've had quite a few women that have had the uh, most, (sighs) the injustice of military sexual trauma and finding a space where they can actually trust being around men again, whole men that can actually hold and are empathetic and you know that in itself is a journey and and seeing you know these women come out and claim and first of all share their story so it's heard and honored is is insanely empowering and that's the difference between what can happen in, in a therapeutic office and a ceremony is you're being affirmed by community it's being held in a good way you know and felt in a good way so Felicia, I love her to death because, you know, she came out, she, you know, admittedly, you know, was living a life, you know, very afraid with, for good reason with pepper spray, could not even be in her own home. And a few years later, after she crossed this line, like she just reports, you know, she's out, she's out being an adventurous wild woman that she claimed, you know, she would be and having her own place and, and living the life that's actually worthy of her, of her sacrifice. You know, and, and the other beautiful part, and I got to mention a Coast Guard veteran because, you know, you had a little few words there. Our first veteran rights female trained guide is a Coast Guard veteran named Jessica. You know, she had like not really ever even been camping, let alone come doing this crazy thing in the wilderness thing with other veterans. And, you know, she ate it up and courageously stepped across the line. And, you know, she's one of our leading guides now, you know, and and so like. These are the kind of stories of transformation. And usually they take time. That's the deal. Like people just want a quick, they want a pill. And we really honor that the whole healing journey takes time. But to cross that line and truly mark your new life, that is real. You know, I had another brother, you know, that came out. He has like the Black Hawk Down stories and, you know, multiple, multiple deployments. And some of the things that he did out there 
were all the things that were written in books that, that you know, psychiatrists would prescribe you to do. But he just did them on his own, out of his own internal wisdom. And a few years later, he is happy and healthy and engaged and fully in life and in studies and credits it all to having the ability to heal, you know, the wounded child inside of him. Not necessarily all the military service, but you can lay down those burdens and what you can do in nature with that solitude. And this is, I think, an important distinction. We honor your anger. We honor your rage. We honor your grief. We honor your wildness. But we have a container that actually holds that in a healthy way. And there are some things you can do on your own. You know, I, you know, I perform lots of, I've turned a lot of big rocks into small rocks. I'll put it that way, right? Because you got to bottle up a lot and that's okay. And you'd be amazed at the change inside of your own physiological system. Something as simple as breaking a stick, walking across the line, turning big rocks into small rocks, digging a hole and scream into it, laying your back on the ground, digging a grave and laying on it as if it's the last day of your life and coming into who's, what's really important to me. So I can do what I say, because all we've got is today anyways. So our prayer is that through this experience and almost without fail, it's, it's true. You will have the feeling of being fully alive and fully yourself. So it's not therapy. It's not counseling. It's really a, a almost a return to nature. Well, it's a right. And it's got a lot of vices, to lack of a better word to help you get in the right headspace, but it's not therapy. It's not a, like a, you know, psychiatry. It's not one of those things. You're getting back to yourself, a chance to almost revert back to reality with nature, or communing with nature and, and a number of practices that are sort of rolled up in there to help you do that. That sounds pretty good. It's bringing okay. in the coherence and alignment with your hearts. You know, the farthest distance will ever travels from, that, that eight pound bucket on the top of your neck down to your heart, you know? And that's our practice is really one to get to the heart of our experience and all the rawness and the realness of it and to hold that and that it's okay. And in fact, we honor it. And that when we actually hold that, we can alchemize that and turn our, our madness into meaning, right? And our suffering into service. It's, uh, yeah, and, 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 Everyone is the greatest story ever told, man. That's how all of our people that are coming home should be. Their story should be held. No, it sounds absolutely awesome. So, Ryan, I have another question. What are some of the challenges that you face both in completing your mission, but also as an organization? Well, everything that happens out in the world gets presented in ceremony, whether that's when people have challenges with the tribalism in society, they have troubles with isolation. They have family troubles. They have troubles related to racism or injustice or bigotry. They have problems related to a feeling protected in, in spaces and secure. All of the things that occur in the world, politics, may present themselves in ceremony. Well, what we say is like, because we all just lean in and agree and we have that shared veteran experience of the shared pain, sacrifice, and pride, of service, a lot of that stuff just goes away, and but we have to hold it. 
It doesn't go away. It's a process. It's a letting go. You know, we really hold every, you know, what our people are, are carrying so they can lay it down because you can't step into who you truly are until you lay down those rocks in your rucksack that are weighing you down. And, you know, we, we walk a lot of miles with that weight on, on our backs without, you know, not wanting to look at the rocks. But it's amazing. As soon as you're given a ceremonial context and the, the empowerment to do so and the leaning into your own courage to do so, once you look at them, they become your friends. They become your gifts. And, I, and that's, that's how we all are on the path of, you know, our all final path is the path of peace. Good. I haven't heard one veteran that just wants to be, I just, you know, really all I want is my, I just want some peace. No, that, that is, I think everyone's goal of finding that peace, finding that, that sense of belonging, whether it's external or intrinsic, doesn't matter how, but finding out who you are again and letting go of some of these, these traumas, these challenges, whatever's holding you back. Sounds like an absolutely amazing organization. So how do you guys fundraise? How do you guys get help? Because uh, obviously this type of effort usually uh, is quite involved, and I know how much time and effort and money goes into these things. So how do people donate? How do yeah. they they do all that? We're really trying to to build a, a network of donors. We, re we really see that our donors are the community. Their hands are in the circle on the backs of our people coming home. That's, that's our relationship, right? We're very fortunate that we have a, a documentary by Academy Award-nominated documentarian Frederick Marks. It's called Veterans Journey Home, Leaving It on the Land by Warrior Films as part of a five-film series of non-medicated solutions for veteran healing, which is incredible. We also, you know, had an initial study, getting back to that vetting of like, we, we didn't want to do anything that wouldn't have obviously real meaningful or positive impact or change. That study validated that. We have ongoing studies as well. And then we've had a couple of, you know, civilian angels that, that came in, uh, you know, just to reference a, a, a John Crer, not, not just with resources, but with mentorship and, and friendship and wholeness. And, and through that, we started to, you know, get one little grant at a time. And, you know, over a few years, we've gotten to a place where we can provide to remove all the barriers so people can come out and have this experience from wherever they're at. So that's, that's our deal. We have a donate page. We'll definitely have something for going on for Giving Tuesday. And then it's through partnership as well. I, I really got to give a shout out to the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks rallied up 12 grassroots nonprofits to have them work together to empower them and also help them fundraise and give them exposure. It's called Task Force 12. In fact, we'll be there this upcoming weekend. So, you know, through partnership, through spreading the word, but really, you know what it is? It's veterans telling their stories, man. Stories of inspiration and hope. There's so much a narrative out there that, you know, we all we all know the numbers about suicide, you know, and it's not getting any better. And why is that? Because we're not getting to the root of the problem, root and branch. And that's really our goal here, to, to really get to the depth of, of what our people carry and what they hold and the wisdom and the talents and the magic and to know that they are needed that they have gifts that this world needs. So, and I also want to give a shout out. You don't have to be on Cliff's Edge to come out and do this thing, right? Like every person that served would love this experience because we've all got something. We all got a big question. 
and almost all of us are always asking, who am I? What's my purpose and where do I belong? But then there's just the communal aspect. That's just the beauty of the ritual. So, and we would offer that even if you think you don't have something, there's something underneath that rug. So just the experience in itself. And recognizing that everybody is different and how things go and all the different things that everybody's doing. And the fact that it's all scientific and being measured to make sure that everything is working well and that it's getting maximal benefit and that it works and validating the ideas, which is really important because a lot of people have some great ideas, but if you don't have evidence-based things to back it up, then it's really not a whole lot because, you know, you never know like, oh yeah, it worked. It was great, but you can't really prove it. So I, I think the fact that you are proving it is really awesome. We've talked about a lot of stuff today, but I'm sure there are things that I should have asked you about, but didn't. What is it that I should have asked you? Actually, I think, you know, I'm always, what I always say about our community is, you know, there's a big thing around whether it's Sebastian Unger and Tribe and and that whole initiative. Like, I really honor that we all as a community should get together and share our stories. So I would actually turn it back and I would ask you a question. You know, and, 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 and it's if we can really get into circles and really share our stories in a way that's like not hyper pressured and like where we normalize that, our, our stories, that the medicine is in the stories, right? And so the question I would ask, well, how can you support this on the community side? And there's a lot of peer support right? There's a lot of beautiful nonprofits out there fulfilling some deep need within our community. My prayer is that within every community in in the in the United States and where all across the world, that there could be a circle where we could just come in and when we feel called to share our story and have it heard without it being judged, therapized, commented on, just heard. Because you know there was a study done and and. It was Dr. Love, I think it's University of Washington, you know, back in the 70s, something like that. And they, they talked about what, you know, where is the healing? Like when you have confession or, or lean into peer support. And they sent a bunch of people out. They sent them to, you know, the Boys and Girls Club. They sent them to the VFWs. They sent them all over. Their, their neighbor, to the pastor, to the priest. And then the study concluded that it did not matter. The wellness and well-being was all in the witnessing. And that we do not need to carry this thing alone. And that's the power of gathering up as a community. So that's what we're trying to do in our own small little way and integrate with all the beautiful work that is out there. We're both and people, you know, therapy can be great. So, but at the core of it, you know, you have your heart and you have your humanity. You know, there was, you know, 40 billion years before there was a VA system. And we've known how to take care of each other and our warriors coming home during that time. And we've lost the way. And here we are. And let's let's begin now. And I really believe through veterans doing the thing with civilians, with survivors of suicide loss, with gold moms, and just with the community, we can really be the bridge, you know, and one of the last respected, but most people can agree upon across political divides, racial divides, all the other kind of things that if we can come together and again, lead from the front, show the way on how to be real and whole, 
with a whole lot of love and compassion and complete that journey of the wounded healer, then there's actually hope for this world and for the children. Well, that is a fantastic sort of examination of everything and why and the how. I'm super impressed with veteran rights. We've been talking with Ryan Milkerick. He is the executive director of the organization. Folks, if you know somebody or yourself or somebody that is sort of in your circle, go have them join Ryan's circle and, and get them involved. I think it's a definite opportunity to let all this baggage that is holding so many of us back, lighten that load, get those rocks out of the rucksack, get back on the right track uh, with a very unique and very spiritual, though not religious, journey to get yourself right with the land again and right with yourself, which is the best and most important part is that if you can't love yourself and get yourself going, you can't help anybody else either. And I, I've seen it a million times in the military. People will ignore their own issues, will go bending over backwards to help somebody else. This is an opportunity to help yourself and get where you need to be, which I think is is so amazing. Ryan, I leave you with the last word, but thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. I'm nothing but grateful. And I'll just say to all the people out there, we know who you are in truth. We know how you serve in truth and we love you and welcome home. Thanks for joining us this week on Coming Home Well with Dr. Tyler Pieron. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Follow us on Instagram at comminghomewell underscore BTS or on Twitter at comminghomewell. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well.